0: Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss with you here on the program. What's up, Jackson?
1: What up, Tim? How you doing?
0: I'm wonderful. I know you are uh navigating hmm. the first day back at work since Missouri was eliminated from the NCAA tournament as we podcast on March 22nd 2021 did you find yourself in more pain than you had anticipated or in less pain than you had anticipated Uh, Oklahoma in the first round
1: yeah I think I would have been in more pain had they been like you know doing the Mizzou thing where they're like up 15 and I you know and then you know around four or five minutes Oklahoma rares back and beats them I think the back-and-forth battle, which I've grown very accustomed to here in the last couple months and a half of the Tigers, brought me to a a better place. And, I mean, it's all just delaying the inevitable of playing Gonzaga, who is far and away the best team in this tournament. Uh, So it would have been fun to see that, but it would have just been one more game. And what are you going to do? So Mizzou football, up next.
0: (laughs) I like a a good free roll, and so I really would have enjoyed the opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. To go into tonight's game, um, and, uh, you know, had they played Gonzaga, and we're recording this on the Monday after they lost Oklahoma, so it didn't happen, but, uh, just like free rolled and, like, been like, oh, it'd be great if they're going to win, not expecting it, but man, would it be wonderful just to see him compete against the best. And, uh, and we will not get a chance to see that now because of the, uh, the loss to Oklahoma. But I am, uh, I am finding myself uh, watching a little of the tournament, but I know that you were emotionally attached, mm-hmm. and so I was curious if you found. I-, I did get up out of my seat when Drew Smith hit the three to close it to three. I think.
1: Yeah, the step back.
0: That was that was. I was like, oh man, I, I got to tell Jackson. I did get into it. I did get into it. It happened. Hell yeah. But that was it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I was just like my wife and I were watching. I'm just like, God, this is just,
1: you know. Yeah, it's not the most, I mean, and especially because I thought this opening weekend of the tournament was outstanding. Just really, I mean, game after game, going at least to the final seconds or overtime. Um, so, you know, Mizzou didn't bring that type of energy, but it was still, I, I really enjoyed watching it all weekend.
0: Um, you know, we asked the question last week about whether or not, because I was talking about my, what was a love for, I mean, something I would look forward to, even if Missouri wasn't in it in the NCAA tournament. And my theory was, because Doug says, oh, it's it's an age thing, and I just disagree with that. I just I, I get it. I'm not, it's like I'm a passionate, Doug isn't passionate about that take, and I'm not passionate in refuting it. Because uh, I think it certainly is the case for people. For, for example, if you had a spot where, you know, you're, you know, you have a bunch of kids running around, that that can certainly impact things. Um, but for me, my theory was, I feel like daily fantasy sports, and I guess if you gamble, like on all the games, and, and you're gambling all the time, that dopamine rush of, okay, now we're going to switch over from this game, which just ended to this one, there's 30.2 seconds left, and the number 13 seed leads the four seed by three points, that kind of thing is mitigated by if you are in a daily fantasy game, you know, take really whatever sport, but for me it's golf and every hole and every shot can impact. Even if you don't have a player on your team, it can impact your... And so I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is for me. I've gotten a few emails on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that has played a role in it, you know, for those who are Illinois fans, even though it came to an abrupt ending, losing to Loyola... Um, Chicago uh is it Loyola Illinois or Loyola Chicago
1: I think it's Loyola Chicago
0: okay that's what I thought but I saw in my like score app yesterday it was Loyola ILL and I'm like huh I Thought it was Loyola Chicago that might have been like um, that game Loyola versus ILL uh yeah maybe no no I, it was Loyola dash IL and then Loyola or oh. then Illinois that's why I thought it was weird and I'm like yeah. pretty sure it used to be Loyola Chicago My yeah that there. Is weird. but anyway I digress um that uh that you had a, you know, if Missouri was a one seed and that would have happened, my emotion would certainly be a hell of a lot different than a game that I guess they tipped off as a one point favorite when it was all said and done just because of Oklahoma's mm-hmm. uh, injuries. So, different situation in that capacity. But I did get some emails on it, and uh, I, I will start with that this week for this week's Sowed. Uh, you can always email in, friendly reminder, anything, questions, comments, erotic stories, opinions, anything and everything is welcome. T. McKernan. At InsideSTL.com. Another thing I've been thinking, Jackson,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I guess we could do it. Whereas we go like, well, I go and you just put up with it, <laughs> like two hours on these things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be better to just do like, you know, one every day during the business week, and just like quick hitters. Yeah, I don't know. I'd
1: I'd be all for that.
0: I don't know. I don't know if that'd be. I don't know if that'd be better. I don't know. I don't know. I was just thinking that because I'm like, I go, but I enjoy doing it. I enjoy. Yeah. Same. Uh, you know, going into the the depth. So anyway, here's what I got. Dear Tim and Jackson, sitting around with some buddies watching hoops on Saturday afternoon, we started talking about college players that seem to have six, seven years with their college ball clubs. We know they really only played four years, but it just felt like it was longer because they made the tournament every year and you never stopped hearing about them. Who are some of your favorite longtime college hoops players um, Perry Ellis and Aaron Kraft were the couple that came to mind when we brought it up. To be fair, this conversation started because I brought up the fact that you guys found about Mark Few and we thought that maybe he stayed there for less money and less fanfare because at a school like Gonzaga, players are more inclined to stay longer than the guys at Calipari and Self recruiting to the Blue Blood schools and that just fits his personality and what his end game seems to be. Would have thought that the Pac-10 schools would be beating down his door at this point. Love the discussion we had with our group and friends and wondered if you guys had more thoughts on this. Um, and, uh, and then it's just speaking to the bigger picture of college basketball and how it's kind of for a portion of at least the fan base decreased as it has been for me and the interest over the last 10, 15 years. And I do think it is related to that, that you have, you've lost identities. You have the schools, but you don't necessarily know the players, um action jackson who would fall into that category for you
1: so i guess it'd just be players who played
0: and you just t- felt like they were there forever mm-hmm.
1: perry ellis is always the example that people bring about that there's another guy for kansas morning star oh, yeah shooter he seemed to be there uh for a while kim english is one I of thought my like favorite Boshi
0: was there forever yeah
1: I, I, yeah. <laughs> that's a good call. Am I right on that? <laughs> yeah, a, I didn't think about that, but that's a, a solid call. Yeah. Um, Kim English played four years. I really, he's like probably my favorite just because I got to kind of know him. And he was a wonderful guy and a good player too. And now he's a fantastic coach.
0: Is he leaving Tennessee?
1: <sighs> you would think, I mean, te- if Tennessee had a better end of the season this year, yeah. I think it would have been a higher probability. I know he's been in talks, he was in talks a year or two ago about the SEMO job. Um, and either didn't get it or didn't want it. Cause he wants, I mean, coaching alongside Rick Barnes is a, it's like going to coaching school at, right. you know, Harvard essentially, you know, it's, that's a great place to learn. Um, but other than that, the grad transfer thing is so crazy. Cause a guy will play four years for a school and then in his fifth year transfer and get another year of eligibility. So uh, like Reed Travis from he played at Stanford and then grad transferred over to Kentucky and gave the Tigers some issues. But other than that, I can't think of, and I think the Mark few thing, I think Mark few stays at Gonzaga because he really likes it. And also because he doesn't recruit guys that are going to be on social media as like the number one prospect. He's recruiting guys who he knows after some time developing will become really, really solid team players. They might not be lottery picks in the NBA draft, but they're sure as hell going to do what he wants, execute his game plan. So I think that's why he hasn't rushed to go uh, to a Blue bud school.
0: How long? I want to type that in, how long he's been at Gonzaga. 20 years, I want to say? It has to be at least because I remember when Missouri was playing in the same – at least, they had, I don't know if Gonzaga was in the same bracket, but they were in the same regional in Albuquerque back when they made the run to the Elite Eight in 2002. They were there, I remember being at his press conference. He has been to Gonzaga since 99. And I remember thinking then, I'm like, God, this guy, I would think he's getting ready to leave. That was '90. That was 2002, and here we are two decades later, he's still there. I mean, I think he's just, he's there. Now, what Porter Mosier does, that's one I'm anxious to see what happens.
1: Yeah, th- you would think Indiana would be the would be the team that would want him really badly because they'll probably offer Brad Stevens and Few. Both of those people will probably turn down that offer. So I I would think that Indiana would want a guy like him.
0: God, with Porter Porter Moser, it's just... it's. I don't even know. I mean, when I was... Well, the one college basketball season, I was working in Little Rock in television. I went up to Fayetteville, interviewed Nolan Richardson, who was getting ready to kick me out of the gym. Mm-hmm. Because I just showed up with a photographer thinking you could just walk in to practice, because I think that's what we could do at Mizzou at the time, you know, and I was not many months removed away from being in Columbia, um, and he walked out and he was getting ready to, and for whatever reason, he, like, calmed down, I guess maybe he just felt badly for me, plus I was so damned, I was 22, so he was, you know took mercy on me. And then he did a sit-down interview with me and like humored me about you were pre, pre-Jackson existence when they <laughs> beat the living hell out of Missouri to open up Bud Walton Arena. It was their first home game there. And then Missouri wound up going undefeated in the Big Eight that year and number one seed in the tournament. If I'm not mistaken, that's the year, I think, that Arkansas beat Duke in the national championship game. And then they wound up losing to UCLA in the national championship game the following year. So he was in the midst of a... A hell of a run. So anyway, um, Porter Mosher was Sidney Moncrief's assistant at UALR, and he was kind of the guy who would speak for the program because Sidney Moncrief in Arkansas was a huge name. Mm-hmm. And he always had interview requests, and they would send Porter out. And I remember thinking, oh, this guy's kind of young and, you know, whatever. And then like a decade later, I remember uh, – checking around and going, I wonder what ever happened to that guy. And then he wound up being on majeris's staff. Mm-hmm. And we, Majerus, for whatever reason, wanted to go to lunch with me, Doug, and the cat. I have, still don't know how that happened. <laughs> and we went to Adriana's on the Hill. And Porter sat down, and we b- BS'd about the Little Rock stuff. And then he's like, I got to get Coach out of here. If, if he doesn't stop, we'll, we'll be here until, you know, for <laughs> six hours. So I got to get him out of here. And to think that he was the UALR guy... He was really just basically Majerus' chauffeur. Don't get me wrong. He was an assistant. But, I mean, you know, Majerus was the guy. And now, less than a decade later, he is going to – if I had to bet he winds up in Indiana, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, And and that's just, you know – I mean, listen, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, we're talking about a two-decade-long thing here. I mean, he's got to be around 50. But – you know, to watch to just happen—not not even to watch, but just to be—and he he had a stop in the Missouri Valley, I think, at Illinois State, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's cool to see what he's done, and yeah. now he'll have an opportunity. I mean, don't get me wrong—he's already got a hell of a program there, but now he'll have an opportunity to uh, to coach at one of the blue bloods. I would imagine, yeah, um, here you in the next couple of weeks,
1: you see a bunch of the Majerus's fingerprints on the way Loyola plays with their really hard-nosed man-to-man defense and creative offense it's you I mean you can tell how much majeris impacted him yeah. in the way he coaches I mean my dad even pointed out yesterday that uh, in the heat of battle they both stand the same way like kind of crouch with their hands on their knees he sent me a picture of it so oh, is that right yeah so there, there's a ton of uh, similarities and you can tell that he's a part of the I guess the majeris coaching tree
0: he was the year that we had that lunch with Majeris he said, "Hey, if you ever want me to come on, uh, I'd be happy to kind of just get some analyst work and, and come on and talk about the NCAA tournament." So I still have his number. I doubt it's the same number because it's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I have it on my phone, and I think he came on and just BS. And I think maybe he thought he was on his way out of coaching, mm. and and was thinking I got to start getting something else going. And here he is, you know, like I said, less than a decade later. And uh, I would imagine. I would imagine anyway. He is on his. I can't imagine he would stay there. I guess it was around a decade, probably 2011, um, and then he he went to Loyola Chicago from there. Yeah, 2011. So maybe that was 2010. I don't know when that was that we went to, uh, to lunch with Majerus. But that was uh, that was just you know just such a, a just to watch what's happened here with this guy. Yeah, Majerus passed away in 2012. So maybe it was that year. Earlier in the year, um, and, and then along the lines of sports interest declining—that was the homework assignment last week—and um, and got a few on this one. And this was the one I'll read representative of it because there's a, a kind of a common theme. Tim Hope, all is well, and just finished up yesterday's show of QFTA and couldn't stop thinking about the question you asked on sports—the interest level. Now, growing up, I was a sports nut and would play and watch anything sport that was on TV. It was likely that growing up, sports is the easiest program to relate to on TV versus all the reality content that's out there. As I got into my 20s, I still had a passion for sports, but more so watching than playing at this point. And it seemed that any time a Cardinal or Blues game was on, I would make a point to watch live. I think the turning point for my sports passion started dwindling around the time I got married almost three years ago. Granted, I still enjoyed watching sports, but it wasn't something I, quote, scheduled around. At this point, I am 30, and my wife and I are expecting our first child any day now. So for me personally, as priorities have shifted, getting married and starting a family, I've focused my time in other areas like woodworking, wow, Uh, and investing. Golf is still a sport I love and make time to play every week, but as far as watching sports live, the fire for sitting on the couch watching has certainly gone down. Hope this reaches you and your family are enjoying Florida. That comes from... KP. Well, Jackson, I don't know if you've switched to woodworking, Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I'd really like a deep dive on my baseball thing. And of course, nobody can do the deep dive, but me with regard to my own interest in baseball and why it's just declined, I have no idea. I really would like to figure that out. And I I, I guess I'll take theories on it just from maybe other people who have found their baseball interest declining. Yeah. And the the college basketball thing has declined, I suppose, the most of anything, whereas college football and golf have increased. And NFL, I guess, actually has increased, but it has nothing to do with, like, pulling for a team. Mm -hmm. It's all about daily fantasy sports. So I guess it's just different for everybody. The Cardinal thing and the the decrease in interest in the Cardinal thing— is, is the one that stands out to me though I think the most just because I loved it the most and that the, de- the decrease has been there the most but for a lot of people it does sound like it's the family thing when they started having kids but I think that the other side of that is perhaps it declines for a few years and then maybe at six seven eight when your kids start really getting into a team then you're into it but you're not into it because of your own interest you're into it because of your uh, your sons or daughters. Uh, hey, I was talking about the Home Loan Expert at the beginning of this podcast. I had a chance to go to a Cardinal Game with Ryan and his family last week, um, and uh, his, uh, his kids were kind enough to play with my son. They're older, but uh, were kind enough to play with him. He has a great family, uh, and he has a great business. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. I've refinanced with him. I've been pre-approved with him, and I don't hesitate to recommend him to everybody who's listening. If you're going to be buying a home, you get, you got to get pre-approved right now. It's just the way that it is. You really have to. Otherwise, you are at a disadvantage against other people, and there's such little inventory that it becomes a bidding war. And if you haven't refinanced, you really ought to. You're leaving money on the table. Ryan talks about how people are saving up to $300 to $400 a month on their payments by refinancing. Go to thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the home loan Expert. And then James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. James Carlton, once you buy a home with Ryan Kelly, you want to make sure that you are taken care of on your home, your life, your auto. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If you're buying a home, getting married, or have a growing family, make sure your loved ones will be okay. If you don't make it home, call James at 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net to see just how inexpensive it is to protect your family through term life insurance. Although the worst is unlikely, none of us would leave the driveway without strapping our kids into a car seat. Life insurance is no different. Although it's not likely you don't make it home tonight, it's not a risk worth taking when it comes to providing for your loved ones. State Farm is the number one provider of term life insurance in the US. Call James Carlton at 314-961-4800 or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. And the great Jim Rogers Of Restoration One? Well, Jim Rogers has a new business. Jim Rogers at Restoration One now has American Environmental as well. They all kind of feed into each other. 314 664 2800. When you think of air quality, you likely think of outdoor pollution. Most people aren't aware that the quality of air in your home has a much greater effect on you than the outdoor pollutants. On average, a person spends 12 hours a day in their home, and with the pandemic, That number has increased significantly. The air in your home could have mold, dust, pet dander, elevated levels of radon, or even carbon monoxide levels that are invisible and odorless. Air goes in our lungs and air goes out our lungs. Ah, yes, air. The significance of good air quality is more important than you think when it comes to overall health. Call American Environmental if you have any questions pertaining to the air you're breathing in your home. 314-664-2800. That's 314-664-2800 expertise in indoor air quality testing for over 25 years at American Environmental 314-664-2800. Uh Jackson, I've been uh I don't know why I do this. It's just a pride thing, I guess, but it's not like I'm proud. It's it's just it's who I love, it's what I love. I know you're not there yet. Maybe you'll never be there. Maybe you don't want to be there. I don't know. People just assume people want to have kids. Maybe you don't. I don't know. You're 23. But uh, all I post on my social media is pictures of my family. That's all I do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that's it. And I used to be the guy who was like, "Why are we? Why I don't really want to see his kid." You know, and I I would imagine for the twenty-somethings who listen to this show or the Ryan Kelly Morning After, they're like, "Oh, there's Tim's, you know, kid again." And I get it, and I don't know, but that's all I do. Mm -hmm. I'm a terrible, therefore, I'm a terrible follow. Because I could just text these to my mom and, and my family, uh, and, and that would that would that would suffice, but that's what I post. But then it led to this question from Timmy Recaps, and since I posted a few this weekend, uh, it, it reminded me that I never a- answered this one. Is it awkward at all for you or your wife slash family when listeners, most of whom you don't know on a personal <laughs> level carryover jokes that you're not in on from the fan page to your personal page. <laughs> Every now and again, I'll see you or your wife post pictures of your son or extended holidays or something alike. Inevitably, there will be comments including some sort of snipe on you or a super perverted inside joke apropos of nothing, which doesn't translate from the fan page to your personal page from a listener. And there's always some inappropriate flirtation comment regarding your wife. <laughs> <laughs> It can be uncomfortable to read at times, knowing it's likely a listener and a complete stranger to you (laughs) and your family. I personally find it super odd. Are you having to constantly delete comments on your personal page? I'm glad you're enjoying this, Jackson, because I didn't know if this would be something that people could understand when I was reading, or if it would just be like something, because when he posted, I'm like, oh my god, this is... This is so right on the nose and I've never discussed it. Uh, He said, I find it super odd. Are you having to constantly delete comments on your personal page or is it that just part of the game that would really frustrate me? Related, have you considered purging your personal page of people you don't personally know and instead creating a public figure page? It's from Timmy Recaps, who I uh, often say is the best question asker -er of uh, QFTA. And this one is so good just because it's kind of, it's, you know, it applies to, like, because if you are really, 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 truly have some semblance of fame, so I'm not saying, like, it has to be beyond St. Louis, because, you know, you could name, you know, St. Louisans who truly have fame. Now, they might not live in St. Louis anymore, or even, you know, a Nolan Arenado or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Yachty or Molina, But, but that's real fame. That's real wealth. You know, they wouldn't, ha- they wouldn't have, like, a, a, like, I mean, I guess they could, but I doubt they would have, like, a personal page where people can just pop up. But I'm kind of in this weird spot of, like, m- the vast majority of St. Louis has no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. But yet there's a, a sliver, the, the frank opinion definition was perfect when he was on the podcast, and he said it in his, his cadence and whatever yeah. slight dialect he has. Now, I, you have to understand... I'm not really famous. You are not really famous. We are really famous to about 1% of the people in St. Louis, and that's it. The other 99% have no idea who we are, nor do they care. But for that 1%, they are really, really into it. And I thought, my God, that just summed it up perfectly. Yeah. So... To have like a, the final question, creating a public figure page, I just, I'm in general uncomfortable with that. Not because I just, it's like, hey, I am a public figure. I don't (laughs) view myself as such. That's the truth. But then I also know that for the 1% who do really get into it, they do view me as a public figure. And I think that might be where some of the disconnect comes from. Because I'm like, what the fuck makes you think you can say? I'm just like a guy. Yeah. But then at the same time, we saw what happened with EJ Liddell this weekend over the, uh, with the, the comments on, uh, the, yeah. I wanted to get into that today on the, on the radio program. I know that was one of your links. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to it like at 9.40, and I felt like there was too much there to just like rush it in eight yeah. minutes before the email of the day, so I didn't do it. Um, design air, heating, and cooling email today. But I'm like, what he said is, I'm just like, I'm just a person. What the yeah. fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. And I don't know when there becomes a moment where you recognize it's like, because I think that was one of the things that Timmy Recaps wrote. It's kind of the cost of doing business or something along those lines. I don't view it that way. But here's the, here's the conundrum. If I were to purge, so as you call it, my um, page to dislike people I'm friends with, there are a lot of people who I would be quote unquote, Facebook friends with that I don't necessarily consider myself to be friends with. Mm-hmm. but I think those people probably consider us to be friends. And so then I got the weird yeah. category of now they're mad at me. I was bought from the fan page and it really right. Pissed me and off. I was about to go into the fan page thing. yeah. Like the worst thing for me, for me, for me, for me, only for me. for me about the fan page is that it's perceived if somebody is kicked off or blocked, and I don't know when the last time that happened actually was. I mean, I think we're talking a, a few months, but I don't know, because uh, now Facebook almost polices it itself, and it's a daily thing where we get something with this comment has been removed. I saw the Plowhawk had something removed yesterday <laughs> by Facebook, and I wanted to see what the hell. I figured I'd do something with Illinois um, that people like take it personally. because like, well, I listen to the show. I support the sponsors. Fuck you. You know, but I'm like, okay, well, I mean, see, don't you see that that's the reason you're not on it? If <laughs> yeah. you're telling me to go fuck myself, then it's a personality trait that we don't really want on there. Yep. So that's the overall. So, so that's what it would get into with, um, with, with quote unquote purging. So what you can do now, what I've found, I don't want to give away like, like one of the things, and I don't know if this is still going on with athletes and i think this has been referenced kind of in movies that they would stay under like asinine names like there was oh, a cardinal yeah. he used to stay under the name captain caveman like hey i'll come on the show I'm like cool all right uh, um you know what you just where are you guys staying you stay now nah, yeah we're staying at this place but i'm under captain caveman i'd start laughing and they go no that's ask ask for captain caveman they understand yeah. that's what they you know athletes have to do so that's kind of a standard deal um the the, the the point being on that stuff is, they with with like social media, you know there are and this is all I'm only aware of a handful, but they have them, but they don't really use like their name so to speak. And I'm talking about for people who are still you know in the spotlight. And I'm talking about again really in the spotlight. And I'm talking about at the very least national celebrity, if not global. So they may have those, but they're limited to like truly close friends and family. I don't view myself, and, and I think anybody listening to this would go, "Yeah, that'd be fucking weird if you did view yourself in that way." But the question was, when the comments are made on pictures of, like, you know, and I of my of me and my wife, of m- me, my wife, and my son. And yeah, I guess I guess I have to like try to like separate it from. People who are just fans of the show, and so they're like carrying a joke over from the show. Yeah. And it's not done with any malice. Mm -hmm. So it might be a little odd, but it's not done maliciously. And that to me is, and again, how do you really know it's malicious and not? But, you know, I like to think intuitively you can figure it out. So, yeah, it's all. I mean, at this point, unless I get it, too, you know, with regards to the the appearance discrepancy between me and my wife. I mean, it's... It's so, like, people just make jokes about it, like, to my face, so I'm good with it, yeah. you know, or a height joke or a hair loss joke or whatever the case might be. It's In that sense, it is the cost of doing business. Now, when you're sitting there in high school or college thinking, oh, I really want to call Cardinal games, you don't then go, and if I'm still doing this in 20 years, my appearance will be mocked on social media um, or that of my wife's will be complimented on social media, but it's really not complimented to my wife so much as it's a dig on me that, that, but you know, I mean, again, when, when you lay out the landscape as oftentimes I'm asked about questions like this and you go, well, here's your choice. You could be doing this and you would never have to deal with that. Or you could be doing this. And sometimes you have to deal with this kind of stuff. The the choice is easy, it, but it, it's not, therefore, it's not 100% purely wonderful. It comes with, you know, ask, um, I don't know, who's at the top of their game in broadcasting, Howard Stern? You know, in my mind, he is the absolute, you know, standard bearer, but I'm sure he would say, well, you might say that, but would you want this or this or this in your life or the inability to ever go anywhere publicly, something along those lines. Like Iggy was talking about today, if he could trade places and rather have a couple billion dollars, I'm like, I mean, to me, first, what does a couple billion dollars get you that, like, a couple hundred million won't? Exactly. You know? Yeah. So there's, Can't there's, spend so it there's, all anyways. Yeah, so there's a point where it kind of becomes, you know, yeah. too much, and yeah. I'm not even saying it needs to be a couple hundred million. I'm just yeah. saying it's like, who kind of fucking cares? Give me give me money and privacy and I am in. That's what I want. That, mm-hmm. that The guys who have the money but don't want anybody to know that they have the money, those are the people that I admire, mm-hmm. um, but both from an envy standpoint and a respect standpoint, that they don't need to be flashing it. So along those lines, yes, it is a little strange. Uh, I would say more often than not, it's comments about my wife's appearance um but but again it's not necessarily like holy shit she's fucking hot it's not that it's the outkick your coverage thing yeah and um and that's you know that's kind of you know whatever that's that's fine um and i think people for the most part leave the uh it's kind of like mafia rules they leave the uh the children out of it Mm -hmm. um so yeah i've never considered like, I've never created, like, a public figure page. What the hell would go on in the public figure? What, so then at that point, I guess, I could have, like, a private Facebook page, but then the public page. But then any ne'er-do-well can pop up with their burner and just cause bullshit. Yeah. And I don't really want that. I so think that's the, got downside.
1: I think the move is to do the Larry Nickel three active Facebook
0: pages <laughs>
1: and just and just run those concurrently.
0: Is he still going three? I know he. Yeah, was. Yeah, and right they way. all three I'm like, Holy post shit, I'm friends different with Larry things in three different places. Yeah, they How all three post
1: account? this like different things. Like they're Perfect. not. It's not like he lost the password. He's got the <laughs> password to all of them.
0: <laughs> God bless the man. Yep. Uh, let's see what we've got. Hey, Tim and Jackson, y'all had a lively discussion on TMA on March sixteenth. And while I don't normally, uh, while I normally don't agree with anyone on the dais, nice. huh? well, That's a weird spot to be in. Yeah, it's a tough. Like how do you not agree with any of us? Tough middle ground there. Yeah, I want to make sure I read that right. Y'all had a lively discussion on TMA on 316. And while I normally don't agree with anyone on the dais, Doug asked the question, and I'll paraphrase we allow 0.01% of the population to dictate what we're going to do and say. Do you know anybody who cares about any of this crap? End quote. I appreciate he said this, his generation is at fault for raising this mindset. It was a small statement that I thought was pretty reflective. Then the conversation went on to pronouns, and then the olds just continued rambling, and it felt pretty (laughs) silly. (laughs) I guess we're talking about the he, she. uh, What was that? There was an article that Halsey I think.
1: Yeah, Halsey changed your pronoun. To
0: what she they? Is that what the thing was? Yeah, and it received I a bunch so. of praise. Not really a question, just an opinion that the root of all of this is social media and it is absolutely poison to society. The simplest solution is to abandon social media in all forms and you don't have to worry about it. Get rid of the fan page, get rid of your Facebook, Twitter, get rid of all of it and you'll never think twice about this shit. Live your life. The hive mind is strong. Just delete and move on. You'll never think about it again unless you, to, unless you listen to this radio show or podcast, and then you'll send an email bitching about it. Can the circle be unbroken if we all delete? Maybe. You're the best, Tim. Nice work, Jackson. Thanks. That's from Thomas. Well, of course, that'll never happen, but I have to say I like the idea as far as executing it because I I have to say this. Now, what Doug, Doug's Doug's presentation on it um it, it, it's some of what he was saying overlapped with some of what i was saying and i think the topic got to something that really has become the theme recently of bill Maher's shows um which now finds itself getting a, a decent amount of conservative support but that's not because Mar necessarily has conservative economic or foreign policy uh political philosophy it's because he's feeling like the Democratic Party is now the classic liberal, as he calls himself, and the woke liberal, and there's infighting, and he's just saying that this woke wing of the Democratic Party is doing damage to actual political philosophy that would have, you know, advantages for the country, because those who may be apt to vote for Democrats go, I can't vote for the people who spend all of their time on this. now. What you will notice, at least what I notice, I don't want to put words or thoughts in people's minds. This is my own personal experience, is that I've noticed that um, the current playbook for conservative media, first off, coincidentally, suddenly the debt matters again. Didn't matter five <laughs> months ago. Matters again. Very yep. interesting. That was that was something that you could have seen coming before the inauguration. That's that's you can go back to 19, I guess take your pick i suppose i guess 92 um or 93 i guess january 93 with that um and then once again in in january of 2009 and here we are in january of 2021 and it matters again there's a you know there's a cycle there um so follow the pattern but then secondarily the game plan is to rattle up um fears with culture war stuff Stuff that when the whole, the whole scheme of thing doesn't matter, but you can take and you can go look at this and then you can say it applies to all of these people who think this way. Just like if you want to say, well, I really like Donald Trump's policies. Oh, well, then you must support all of this racist crap. You know? And then and, and, and it's same playbook. Same playbook. It's just one's on one sideline, one's on the other sideline. So that was how we got into the discussion. Um, but for the people who that matters to... It really matters. And so it become, It kind of becomes, I guess, you know, something we've joked about the relatable thing on our show, and it all stems from when I started going to Jupiter and living down here for spring training, and now it's just for whenever. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, you know, that someone said to uh, someone in power at our operation that I have become unrelatable, especially when it's somebody I know who did it, uh, that... Um, became kind of a running joke on the show. But part of, I think, a host's success is if the audience feels he or she is someone they can relate to. And so there are multiple people who don't do shows pre-pandemic from St. Louis, but it was always understood that you couldn't say it. (laughs) Because why? Because that host had the awareness to go, yeah, that my audience is going to have a problem with that, not because they're going because the show is not going to change as you've seen. I mean, at this point, I haven't done TMA's in, in studio since October, um, but because uh, the audience will then perceive that you are now at a different level as far as socioeconomic um, you know experiences go, and you're no longer relatable. And that was that was that was shrewd because that was before all of this kind of crap went on, and so. That, that, to me, is a big part of this whole game and this whole cycle. So with social media, what Marr said this past Friday, which I really enjoyed, you have a generation that not only wants to be famous, they feel like it's fair if they're not famous. Now, I don't, I don't subscribe to that, and I feel like now he's kind of bordering on old guy barking, at the moon about crap. When you start labeling a generation, I just have always found, I don't think I, you know, I don't think, I guess I got two generations below me at this point, millennials and, and you Jackson, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just like to to label any whole group of people.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you're, you're exposing yourself to having that argument poked at. I realize it's a comedian and it's a bit, but he, he does opt the comedy works because there's truth to it. But this has kind of been his thing. Um, But with regards to social media, I absolutely do feel like, I absolutely do feel like it's not the root of the problem. It's just been the gasoline on the fire that is the problem. And I don't think, you know, even though the the gentleman here, Thomas, who writes in, I think he is right on target as far as if you did want to just not even feel the angst that it creates. Or the FOMO, if that's a thing for you. I don't, you know, it, when you're a, a 44-year-old married father, you're, you don't really have any FOMO. You know, I, mean, just, it's a, I would, I, I would. at least I would hope that that's the case. I'm not going, I'm not like, I wouldn't look at what you're doing over the weekend, Jackson, Going, fuck, I need to be there. You know, it'd be really weird if I was. Yeah. Um, so that, but, but I mean, for, for teens and 20-somethings, and I guess maybe some 30-somethings, you can feel like you're excluded. You're missing that or, man, if I would have been able to get off work, I would have been able to be with these people or, oh, there's my ex and she's doing this or, you know, whatever the case might be. So I do think that there is something to that. Now, for what we do, it would be really difficult to do that. Uh, to just compl- But I do recall, and I think at this point might be a couple of years, I just stopped following Fox News and CNN uh, on social media and it made it a better experience. Now, I haven't gotten rid of them all. I very rarely tweet. And like I said, if I'm posting anything on Facebook or Instagram at this point, um, as far as my own personal profiles, it's it's like pictures of my family. So I've become that guy, uh, the guy I used to make fun of. That is now me. So the hypocrisy is strong in this one. But as, as far as like the... Because ang- you can find anything anywhere. Like, for example, here's something, here's something. Um, the Cardinals... I don't really, it just can't, it, you see it yesterday, saying we stand yep. against Asian yep. American discrimination, yeah. violence.
1: I fucked up and read the comments.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I was doing, how I had like even five, oh, I know, we were waiting for a table at uh, Juno Beach Cafe. Major recommendation if you're in the area, it's, God, it's no more than... I mean, it's certainly no more than 10 minutes from the Cardinals ballpark. It's right at the corner of the street the Cardinal ballpark's on. Donald Ross and uh, US1, Juno Beach Cafe, only place in the world I ever eat pancakes. Oh, my goodness. So we were waiting for a table yesterday, and Anna Marie went up to get the table, and I'm in the car with Jameson, and I'm just scrolling. And then I saw that statement, and I'm like, okay, nice that they offered that sentiment up. I mean, who is pro-discrimination, pro-violence, but whatever the case might be, that's a nice sentiment and then for whatever reason Jackson I did the same thing you did (laughs) Mm. I read the comments and I I have to tell you I was legitimately I I I don't know I was it floored me fucking kidding me it floored me I'm just like how, how like how can you even like push back against that but but the, but I'm t- from what I read, and then eventually I pulled the plug, and I go, that's it. I can't keep doing. Why am I doing this shit? It was probably about seventy five percent. Now this was on Instagram, wasn't on Facebook. I would imagine though, Instagram probably would be a better ratio if you're just following kind of the age demographic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh, I would think yeah. Facebook was probably worse. Facebook
1: was worse. I checked. The
0: oh, Facebook is that where now. you read?
1: Yeah, that's. Yeah. If, if I'm gonna read comments, I'm gonna go to 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 where the the water runs the highest.
0: Uh, goodness i mean it's just something i come here for baseball not politics is that po- is that politics is that a political policy we're talking about now to be anti-violence anti-discrimination anti-bigotry is that where is that is that politics i mean what the fuck yeah what the fuck
1: so lame so,
0: lame. so so what that does is it just it's automatically and that's the thing you can get sniped and by yep. sniped I'm talking about you can, everything can be cool I'm just scrolling through like oh I wonder what Abigail Mack has today <laughs> and then I'm like oh the Cardinals have something is just like a you know they got a starting pitcher you know is Carlos Martinez gonna last into the second inning you know what, what do we got and it's oh it's a statement against you know what transpired in Atlanta who's not on board with that Well, apparently a number of Cardinal fans. Now, I want to make this clear. This isn't limited to Cardinal fans. No. I don't know if Cardinal fans have a higher percentage of this stuff versus other Major League Baseball teams or the majority of Major League Baseball teams. I certainly know Cardinal fans are uh, stereotyped as having that with the Baseball's Best Fans Twitter account. Um, But either way, it doesn't, whether it's a Cardinal account or the Dodgers account or the Mets or Yankees account, whatever. To, to read I'm just like is that where this shit is? And again it's and then you look at it by the way and you know it's burners. Yeah. And I keep citing the burner thing because it's it's a way to hide out cuz you're so, so <laughs> you know you're so wrong <laughs> and so fucked up that you can't even hold your identity. Well, I don't want to be doxed. Well, then you know you something's wrong.
1: Yeah, if if you're saying something so bad that you don't want to be doxed, just don't say it.
0: It's, it's for the life of me, I just, I don't, I don't know, I, I can't, I can't get in there, but I have to say another thing, what was it, I was saying this to my wife, what the fuck was it, and I'm trying to give a bigger, I was talking about something I had with regards to a, um, I don't even know how I can say it without going into too much detail, but I'm like, I kind of live in this, you know, things are much better, and so much of this is to get likes on social media, and when I'm saying what People are probably like what the hell are you talk about. Things are so much better. Like I think, I think, and what I'm saying here is a moment of self-awareness. I think that things are better than they were 20 years ago, and that we are continuing to get better. But maybe it's just because it's in my own my own little world, my own you know um, form of you know my own bubble that things are just. You know, because, oh, I remember we were driving somewhere, and I mean, I'm driving, you know, and she's in the passenger seat, and we had just talked about, like, um, maybe what happened in Atlanta, I'm not sure, but something, and I'm just like, this shit, I guess, I, you know, I guess I'm, I guess things are actually backtracking, you know, and that racism is somehow back in vogue, and again, not with everybody, but maybe people aren't as ashamed of it, and they're maybe finding more like-minded people because of social media. So you can go to little corners of the world and, and have people in your bubble of bigotry. And then with regards to, you know, women and the, um, you know, everything that happened with the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, everything that happened. And we were driving, you know, probably a day later. And this guy in a van and another guy who's in the passenger seat are like leaning forward to look over our car. And I'm like, the fuck is this? I mean, I'm like driving with a car seat and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm a guy in my mid 40s. Like, what, what do we, I mean, what are we doing here? It's like, it's like South City at two in the morning when the St. Mary's guys wanted to kick my ass 25 years (laughs) ago. What the fuck are we doing here? And then I realized they were leaning over to look around at Anna Marie. And she's Mm -hmm. just sitting there, you know, and I'm just like. I said, you know what? And I said to her, I, I, I get because something else had been brought to my attention re- with regards to something along those lines with guys just being not just creepy, but like just like no self-awareness creepy. Yeah. Oh, I and I said, said to her, I said, I, said, I guess I got to, she goes, oh, I mean, she goes, when I'm running with the stroller, okay, with a stroller, or just walking our son to the playground, she goes the guys will just drive by and they just like they just like yell and she goes and, and to make make it clear it's not her it's, you know it's just not her she'll see it when she's walking past other ladies that the, the, it's just and I guess this shit goes on you know and I'm I mean of course I guess the shit goes on I know it goes on what I'm saying is I guess this shit goes on way more than I thought it went on and because what am I exposed to I'm exposed to my own little bubble. And so then you don't realize it. And so that's one of those things. You know, I guess the only thing that I can try to relate it to, and then I get all pissy about it, you know, when people say, well, how come you don't do this with the show? Well, I don't run the show. I don't run the station. It's not my thing. And I get all pissy about that because I feel like I've said it 500 times. Well, I'm really the only person who has this experience where I kind of at one time did operate a radio station, and now I don't. And people still like, how come, you know, where's the cat? Where's the plow hawk? What happened to Pete? Is he really on a dumpster truck now working for the city? (laughs) You know, all these things. And I'll be like, it's not, I mean, come on. And I'm like, but how can I get mad? Because nobody else, I mean, what if they didn't hear it? Or what if they, did, they didn't listen for a couple of years and now they're back? What if mm-hmm. they're not doing it? They're asking, you know, just because they're, they're asking. And then I, so that's my own experience, which in the whole scheme of things is a nothing thing. At least I did something that led to me being in the spot that I was in career-wise. Well, what if you were just born a certain way, whatever way that was, whether it be race, sexual orientation, you're an attractive female, you're an attractive male, whatever the hell the things are, and then you have people treating you a certain way because of something that's completely out of your control. And and I realize my analogy does not work. I want to make that crystal clear, but it's the only thing that I can really express that frustrates me from something that is my experience that I know other people, you know, don't relate to. But, you know, if so it's one of those things that I know, like, like, I think when we had Alvin Mack in and we were talking about the George Floyd situation and he didn't come at it from a, from a, I don't even know what the right way to describe it would be from, um, I don't even, I don't know what, the, I don't even know the best way to, to convey it. Um, but he just came at like, Hey, I just want to explain what it's like to be a black man. You know, that's mm-hmm. all. And the father of a black man at this particular moment. And what it was like growing up. And going into Afton High School. And here were my experiences. And and I thought that was so helpful. Because it wasn't, this is fucking wrong. This, or, you know, you needed it. Here's my experience just to help you understand. It was just so purely altruistic. It was just beautiful in the sense that it just, I think it helped people understand. Because it didn't put people on the defensive. It made people go, okay. I'm listening. And so I think along those lines, that's not so what's going on on social media. And again, it's about collecting scalps. And by that, it's about collecting wins and then people giving likes. I mean, it's so easy to get likes and retweets. It's just so fucking basic. All right, I don't want I really don't want to fuck with Twitter, but part <laughs> of me is just like to prove it. Uh, it's, it's 11.09 and 11.10 in St. Louis as I'm saying this. I mean, by... By 6 o'clock tonight, I could get a couple posts, and I could get a total of a 1,000 likes. And it just would be like, because it's just so fucking easy to do. Yeah. But you're just like virtue signaling. You're just saying shit that's like got nothing to it. And I kind of, I don't know what I was doing. I was doing it with like, (laughs) I think I said I really like the Cardinals chances with Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Stan Kroenke sucks. (laughs) And then I hashtag Stan Kroenke sucks. (laughs) The premise being, if you just want to feel it, you can do it. Yeah. But but then at the same time, if you want to do if you want to say something that actually has meaning that might not necessarily be all met with approval, then you're risking your career. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the that's the game right now. So yeah, I do agree, Thomas, that deleting the accounts or just having like you know one that is completely private and you know you can communicate with friends on there certainly would be the move and not following that shit and just not getting involved in it because they don't want us to be happy. They don't want us to be, there's no money in that, Yep. They're, you know? And so when you think about it that way, you know, it really does. It's the thing that I cited from that New York university uh, professor last week. They don't want us to be happy. They don't want us to get along. They don't want us to be healthy. They want us to be fat. Uh, they want to hire. I mean, God, even something from a sports standpoint, it's clickbaity. Uh, all right, um, before I go on to our uh, final um, question, I would like to tell our audience about some great car deals at Munganest, stlouisacura.com, and altontoyota.com. It's at Munganest, Jamie Burkhard, Clayton Patterson. Oh, my goodness, stlouisacura.com, 2020 Acura MDX, up to $10,000 off. 2021 Toyota Highlander, over $5,000 off. That's at altontoyota.com. Plus, their March service special, bring any car, into service and ask for the TMA special, fifteen percent off all work tires, batteries, wipers, anything and everything. All makes. They have loaner vehicles aw- uh, available as well. Please shop their pre-owned selection. More than two hundred pre-owned cars available for you at AltonToyota.com and StLouisAcura.com. It's Munganas, the official automotive dealer of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is online at Evergreen STL. Dot .com everybody needs a financial advisor but not everybody is Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies if you are in the market for a financial advisor or you just feel like maybe you could use a different perspective from a good person who helps everyday people every day go to evergreenstl.com or give him a call at 314-889-0503 that's 314-889-0503 Mark Hanna Evergreen wealth strategies evergreenstl.com a great guy who can help you put a plan together and stick to it mark han of evergreen wealth strategies and seth goldcamp of design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com that's seth goldcamp design air heating and cooling seth goldcamp wants to remind you you don't have to wait until the first hot weekend to think about your air conditioning regular maintenance can prevent costly breakdowns later in the year One of their techs will come clean out your air conditioning coil and check the refrigerant charge to keep your air conditioning running efficiently this summer. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling. I am a client, and they really are the best, the absolute best. They are, in another world, the best. Designairservice.com. Design Air Heating and Cooling. I actually have a couple more. Um, But for the purpose of expediting, I'll save because this one goes into the remote working topic. And now people are writing about it, Jackson, and saying that this Mm isn't normal. Something that we were talking about on this podcast like a month ago. Although I don't really think I'm going to pat myself on the back or (laughs) we should pat ourselves on the back for it. It it was rather obvious that this was going to happen. But I think it is a great thing. Mm -hmm. I think it is a great thing. Um, Here is one from a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't get to it last week. Tim. Catching up on some questions from the audience today and just finished listening to the February 22nd episode. Uh, you were talking about theories on why some people may quote-unquote hate you. I don't know for certain on this, and it's just a possible theory, but I wonder if it may go back to you actually being an introvert personality. People listen to you on the radio and think that you are an extrovert and very outgoing, and then when they meet you in person, most likely at a TMA Live, you are more quiet and reserved away from the microphone. I believe sometimes people may take that as you feeling that you were better than them and not wanting to give them the time of day. Obviously not a fair assumption to bring on you if true, but that is just a theory that I, that I think may exist. I may be off on this thought process, but it was something that just came to mind. Thanks. That's from Matt on a side note. And this is not to be read. He just said, okay, so there we go. I think there's something to that. I mean, realistically, though, when it gets down to it, TMA Lives have... You know what, Jackson? I mean, I guess you've only done one at this point, mm-hmm. um, and that was in the pandemic. So uh, it wouldn't be a. But I mean, at the most, I guess like the absolute most, maybe we had a few hundred people, like Elisa and one. But um, I, I guess that I guess that I think that I I have observed that about myself when people would come to work for inside STL or they would interview and I think they would think it was like an orgy and I'd be snorting rails off my desk while interviewing them. Yeah. And, and then it's like, Oh, this guy is kind of serious and focused on the business, which is different than what you would think on the radio on the TMA live thing. That's, I view that different. Again, we're talking about, you know, a, a, a small percentage of, of the audience. Um, So I I don't know on that, but with regards to TMA Live specifically, that's kind of where I started to have a better empathy for the Cardinals and us being in their workspace. Um, Because for me, we're doing a show, and so I'm working, but I also recognize that the people who are there are there, and they're drinking and hanging out and having a good time, and it's difficult to compartmentalize, oh, these guys up there, they're working, especially when quote-unquote working is us fucking off. But I do have responsibilities with the show and the advertisers, and making sure we're hitting certain th- certain things and so on and so forth. Even though it certainly doesn't sound like that when you listen to the show, it just sounds like three guys and some producers fucking off for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So I get that, um, you know. So I don't, I don't know on that. I mean, if, that, if that's the case, then I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, st- I still, my theory still goes back to there is a theory, there is a, there is a an incorrect presumption about something i still think that but nobody's given it to me yet so maybe i'm just wrong on that and maybe it's like somebody at tma live was hurt that i didn't spend a half hour with. <laughs> i don't know i don't know like doug likes that because he doesn't really get a chance to do it much and so he enjoys it and he enjoys sitting there and bsing and having a beer and ever since tma live started i've been a father and so, and our son, who I've made reference to um, oftentimes, not sleeping, he's currently going to bed at around 11, 11.30 at night and has never napped. I would feel terrible for my wife, so I would get home to help put him to bed. Same deal now. Same deals now. It doesn't change. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's just the way that it is, and it's, you know, I mean, it's a phase, and I know it'll end, but um, we just, you know, we're dealing with that. He's been around since August of 2017, and I think TMA Live started up. I don't know if it was 2017. She was pregnant then, um, but they haven't been going on all of that long. So um, if that's the case, maybe that adds some context to it. Like I said, my theory is that there is something that, that a portion of the audience, not the majority of the audience, to be clear, thinks that is incorrect. That's, that's the only thing I can think. But since it's not presented to me, but th- I have no idea how to correct it. But at the same time, if you think something is true, why would you suddenly go, oh, maybe that's not true, and I'll email the theory. You know what I mean? It's like, how do you, how are you thinking something that you think is true mm-hmm. is not true? How would you think that? Um, so uh, I appreciate the theory. I do think there's something to, for example, and I've, I actually said this to Steve Savard on the podcast when he came in, and he was, I, th- I think he was kind of taken aback. I mean, I don't know like he was offended, but he was like surprised to hear me say it. I said this. This was back when I was working with him at Camov. He's a great guy. But I think, now I thought. Now maybe he didn't agree with me. Maybe that's why. It's, I don't know. I think kind. Of, he's kind of, kind of introverted as well, or maybe just uncomfortable with people you don't know coming up to you. Not because you're like offended by it. If anything, it's. I always say this. It's always flattering because that means somebody, you know, listens to what you do, or in his case, watches what you do. Um, but, um wouldn't necessarily be as gregarious and then people would mistake that. And I said this back then, um, you know, 2003, 2004 for being arrogant when I knew he wasn't. If anything, he's like incredibly humble in a major way, a major way. But I think people might go, oh, he thinks he's so great because he's on TV. and He's this big, good looking guy. Yeah, that's therefore that therefore he is arrogant. And, and that's just not, and it's absolutely not the case. Um, so I don't, I think, I think there's something, it could be something to that. I
1: see a but, lot in the, cause he's tall and he's like, you know, really in shape and good, like good looking, like you said, like when you combine that with not being like the most jovial guy of all time, when some a stranger comes up to him, that he doesn't know you get that effect.
0: Yeah, I guess, like, you think you're better than, but that's just, I mean, it's just not who he is. And, yeah. I mean, I haven't worked with really Steve. Nice. I mean, he's at the radio station now, but we don't work together, um, you know, like we did when we were doing the sports. Uh, and I'm just like, man, he's just a great guy, just a great guy. Like, if anything, like, more self-aware, especially in a business that can, <laughs> holy shit. Lack self-awareness. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, God <laughs> Almighty. Yeah, we had we had a we had a really nice self aware sports department, uh, and at the time, looking back on it, I was easily the least <laughs> self aware of me, Doug, and uh, so far. Not that that's necessarily alarming, but I look back on it, and I just remember Doug like making fun of the Emmy Award, local Emmy Awards, and you know, it just was. Um, it certainly was a uh, a fun sports department, that's for sure. But yeah, there would be people who just like you know, like they were winning best you know, best director at the Academy <laughs> Awards when they were winning, you know, and getting dressed up like this is the highlight, this stupid shit we do on local news, this dying business. And we're going to turn this into the Academy Awards. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that is, so, you know, the reason I bring that up is I remember thinking that and, you know, and then I guess something, I guess kind of a parallel, somebody who I think is great with the public, like to the point that I'll say it to, you know, Anna Marie, And and, because, like, I'll be like, and not regularly. This has has been a while, but like, if I'm out with Jim Edmonds, and and he's like, we're getting booze, and this has been a while now, like at Ballpark Village, and he's doing Fox Sports Midwest stuff. And obviously, I mean, there's no place he is going to be more well known walking through Ballpark Village, and he's he couldn't be he couldn't be kinder. I certainly wouldn't call him friendly. I don't know if Jim would call himself friendly, but that doesn't mean he's not friendly. It's just not his thing. But at the same time, Jim Edmonds isn't known for being a personality, per se. He's known for being an incredible baseball player. And so I guess when you're known for being a personality, and then your personality in person isn't necessarily mean-spirited, but it's not the same as it is on the air, then I guess that can be mistaken for, well, what the hell? Why is he in a bad mood? But that's just, it's not that I'm in a bad mood. I'm just, I'm just quieter. I don't know how else to explain it. It's really fucking weird. I would. I remember growing up and thinking the same thing with my dad, and then I would go, and it was right around the time when you're in high school and college, and he's like considered this legendary St. Louis salesperson, and I'd be like, God, the guy who just like wants to sit on the couch <laughs> on the weekends and watch football or baseball, and just kind of, you know, that's the guy that you're saying is, and then I, like then I would, but then I would see him out as we started to do some of the same stuff, and I'd be like, Holy shit, I get it now. I mean, I would, when his office was down the hall from mine, we had inside STL and firing on all cylinders. And what he would do and how he would do it, I haven't heard anybody do that in sales in my life. I'm in awe of it, absolute awe of it. The ability to pick up the phone and essentially get told to fuck off over and over and over again, and that was just in five minutes, and then pick up and do it again, which is you know, how oh, you become a great salesperson. You don't yeah. care if you get told no. You just keep going. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the guy that you would see on the weekends. I am, I, for whatever reason, you know, I don't know why. I, I, but, but I think I've said it before, Jackson. I remember watching Stern and Letterman talking, mm-hmm. both of whom I think would probably be openly introverted. Yeah, uh, definitely, in like They would talk about definitely it. Definitely Letterman. And, and then one of them said to the other, isn't it amazing how our jobs allowed us to be our best selves? Mm. And that's how I, that's how I feel. Yeah. The podcast and the radio show allow me to be my best personality. I mean, I think my best personality is when I'm with my family and we're screwing off. That's, that's when I, that's when I'm most fulfilled. But as far as like interacting, yeah, it is, it's weird. It is so weird, but I know it. And I get that somebody could mistake my Again, I don't want to make it sound like, like I'm some kind of like, you know, I'm going to be Ricky Williams with a helmet fielding <laughs> interviews. It's it's just I think if you listen to the show and the, the way that the show goes and then I, you know, I'm locked in on doing the show for doing a TMA live or, um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the right word for it would be, I, but just not the same person off the air. Uh, I would I would get that. Because, again, I remember thinking it well before TMA was what TMA has become with with Savard. And, and, and for two totally different reasons. But just, like, I bet people think he is arrogant when in reality he's not. And so I would go out of the way. It's kind of like with Joe Strauss and the same thing. Like, people thought he was really an asshole, but he really wasn't. But he kind of liked being thought of as an asshole, so he enjoyed it. And so when I eulogized him, I... You know, kind of had to say, "Hey, this was like some kabuki theater." This guy was a great guy, mm-hmm. like really caring, um, really caring. But he almost was like, "Don't tell anybody that I'm caring, caring." <laughs> <laughs> so I always feel like I kind of got to set the record straight on things. Yeah, um, you kind of play the whatever. character. Yeah, play the character. And so with with regards to Savard, and Savard might like find out or hear about this and go, "What the hell? Why does he keep talking about that?" But I just remember <laughs> thinking that that. that I bet, and maybe that's because that was like one of those things going around, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I have no idea. But Steve Savard, when he was with Jack Snow, with Steve Savard, it, you know, and then when we were screwing around in the sports department, it was just, the best. he's just a great guy. Um, so that, I just remember, and I, I would kind of get not upset but i'd be like that sucks that people think he's arrogant because it's just wrong i mean Mm -hmm. i might be more worked up about it (laughs) than he is he might not give a shit at all (laughs) but i just remember thinking that like that's just like completely false um i am arrogant don't get me wrong i am arrogant (laughs) but uh but i think if, if if you wanted to spend 20 minutes with me at hot shots after a TMA live, that's not the best time to get to me because we've been up since, you know, 5, 530 in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's probably 930 at this point, And every year we've done a TMA live, my wife has either been pregnant or I've had a son who still to this day does not go to bed on time. Mm-hmm. He was out, We were out playing last night. Uh-huh. A kid in the neighborhood came up and it was like 715 and, you know, they're running around. It's still light out. And... And then his dad said, oh, he has to go in now. Sorry. And the dad said, hey, you know, he's got to go to bed. He's going to be in bed in 15 minutes. And Jameson looked at me like, must be something wrong with him. I'm not going to bed for four hours. (laughs) Yeah, well, you crazy. (laughs) That's that's still young. (laughs) Yeah, we still got some cocktail lounges to see what's doing. (laughs) Uh, So um, I don't know. I, I appreciate all theories. Like I said, I think we're talking about, relatively speaking, a portion of the audience and I think there is something that is that is being passed off as true that is false, but I don't think I'm ever going to get to the bottom of it. So I appreciate the theory. Uh, thank you, Matt. And with regard to your postscript, I certainly would be happy to take you up on your invite on that. All right, it's time to wrap it up. Question: What did I do, Jackson? I did maybe like an hour and ten minutes here.
1: Yeah, hour six, and you got through what? one, two, three, four, what? five questions. I think that's a record. I think no. that's a record for a least no, amount that of was time efficiency. and most questions. Well, I was kind
0: of thinking... I'm like, yeah. Why not do? It's just, it's when I have the house to myself. Mm-hmm. But I know Anna Marie's gonna be home with uh, Jameson from from school here any minute. So I'm like, I gotta wrap it up. So I kind of put myself on the clock there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Action Jackson, always enjoy BSing with yep. you. We always appreciate the listeners sending in the questions, the opinions, the erotic stories. Although I feel like we've been a little light on erotic stories lately. Not to scold anybody um do i need to get maybe my friend I share, maybe i should share one from my own <laughs> kind of just going glory days and maybe make me put, put, put me put me in a good spot if i go down that road tim's archives <laughs> oh my god i'm telling you god i'm telling you i'm telling you and really when i'm th- the one i'm th- the one for whatever reason that popped in my head is like dan Aykroyd and the stay puff marshmallow man i wonder how many people caught that reference uh jackson you catch that reference ghostbusters Okay, so you you kind of have an old soul, though, for yeah. for 23. Um, yeah, I was at a Las Vegas strip bar, mm. like, nearly 20 years ago, too. And it was just, God Almighty, it was, it was lesbionic. Ah. Yeah, and the girl was just absolutely stunningly beautiful, and oh my God. So maybe that's the direction I need to go. Yeah. Maybe, that's the, maybe I'll try to spark the erotic stories, <laughs> yeah. and then people's synapses can fire. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com is how you can send them in. Thank you to our sponsors, Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Jim Rogers, Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com and American Environmental. Jamie Burkhart and Clayton Patterson of Munganess, StLewisAcura.com. And Alton Toyota. Dot com, uh, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, EvergreenSTL.com. If I've already said him, I apologize. I lose track. Three one four eight eight nine zero five zero three. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert.com. Did I forget anybody, Jackson? That would be t- James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Jamie Burkhard, Clayton Patterson, Munganas, Saint LouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com, Jim Rogers, Restoration One of Central Saint Louis.com, and American Environmental, and then Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert.com. James Carlton. James Carlton, Carlton Insurance.net, 314 961 4800. They all make it possible. Support the sponsors. Send emails in, uh, and we will be uh, bringing the heat with questions from the audience. For Ashton Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of The Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com Studios.
1: Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors.